It's me, David Webb, and here's a highlight from today's show on Sirius XM Patriot. Later on in the show, as we do on a Friday, of course, we'll be talking about the mission with the guys over at Deployment Cigars uh, to raise money to support our military and, of course, our first responders, our guardians out there in our society. And we always, when there are organizations that uh, not only do the great work but require highlighting, uh, reminding you out there of the work being done to help our veterans, well, that's a mission on this show. And uh, certainly we'll go to that now. I'm joined by uh, Melissa Camo, Director for Military and Veteran Caregiver Network at the Red Cross. And Melissa, great to have you here. Great to be with you, Mr. Webb, sir. Oh, David's fine. We're we're casual here when we're talking about our veterans, but it's a serious topic as always. Look, this, what you do, and I and I, you know, digging into the work that's being done. Let's talk about that, and especially with the challenges veterans have been not talked about, not addressed often enough during this one year of the COVID nineteen pandemic. You're right, David. Thank you. Well, at the American Red Cross, I'm able to be the director of the Military and Veteran Caregiver Network. So I'm taking care of those caregivers who are serving our wounded, ill, and injured service members. Now, our veterans have experienced, you know, changes in care due to the COVID-19 pandemic. We, you know, they're also having employment changes and having to homeschool children. And that social isolation that so many of us felt this year uh, certainly has been felt by our veteran community as well. Let's talk about the cost, the cost in access to care, the cost to the families, and unfortunately, the cost in lives. Have we seen a change in uh, what would be, I mean, for lack of a better term, the, the almost natural death rate among the population, but among the veteran population? Well, there was an article put out by the Red Cross that 10,000 veterans have actually died from COVID-19. And that's a really heartbreaking number when you think about it. I know the VA is also tracking that number, but I'm really more of an expert on those caregivers, those people, you know, right up till the end of life who take care of our veterans, who make sure that they get access to care, who manage their medication, who help them in and out of their wheelchairs and really do everything they possibly can to make sure that veteran's life is the best it can be. And oftentimes people forget about that caregiver, that, you know, person behind the hero who, who really dedicates their life in service to this veteran. And it's really been the honor of my life to care for my own husband, uh, who was medically retired uh, out of Camp Pendleton back in 2013. And I really have a heart for this because I've lived it. Um, I know what it's like to not have the services or the support Um, I know what it's like to feel all alone, like I'm the only caregiver in the world. And I really wanted to inspire change there. And the Red Cross has has done nothing but build on this program that we've developed. We doubled in size uh, over the COVID-19 pandemic. You know, more caregivers are coming to us than ever before uh, because of the challenges and the strain and that social isolation and changes to healthcare. Uh, caregivers do play an important role in the cost of health care, providing, you know, billions of dollars of savings that would otherwise be needed by like the Department of Veterans Affairs or our health care. 
So as you mentioned, the Department of Veterans Affairs, Melissa, let's talk about this new initiative or re, not new, but re, uh, reinvigorated initiative uh, when it comes to our caregivers. Uh, you know, the, the caregiver component for many years was not really fully addressed. And, you know, this is a focus now within the VA. So where the Veterans Administration, Red Cross and other organizations can focus on this, what are some of the key things they need to do to help those caregivers? Well, the VA has come so far and really our leading efforts for military and veteran caregivers specifically. Um, I'm honored to serve on the Federal Advisory Committee for Veterans, Families, Caregivers and Survivors at the VA. Um, right now, they have expanded the program of comprehensive assistance to include more eras of service. Uh, when that pro- program first rolled out, it was post 9-11 only, and now it is currently serving those who served uh, Vietnam and earlier. Uh, there still is a gap. We, uh, you know, it is on a timeline, but our Desert Storm caregivers are currently left out of that program, and I think there's a lot of efforts to try and accelerate Uh, the VA opening the program of comprehensive assistance to them. Uh, There's been great efforts. The VA is vaccinating caregivers in that program of comprehensive assistance. Uh, But there's more work to be done. There's more work in understanding um, the caregiver's experience and what what supports are most needed, taking care of that caregiver's health. You know, a well-supported caregiver has um, really important health outcomes for the veteran that they're caring for. Uh, but all too often, caregivers don't take care of themselves, right? I will go to my husband's doctor's appointments and my son's doctor's appointments before I ever even think about setting up my own. And I'm really trying to model that that caring for yourself as a caregiver and, and encouraging others to encourage caregivers to take care of themselves is really going to have a big impact, not just for the caregivers, but also for their veterans and their families. You know, I'm thinking back to a conversation, Melissa, that I had with the former secretary, Robert Wilkie. I want to say early last year, we we talked numerous times on and off air, and he talked about how by last fall there would be a, a additional resources, if you will, and they were working with Congress and the administration uh, to improve the caregiver component, that caregivers uh, should have additional benefits, uh, including respite care uh, as one component. The caregiver needs a break, too, at times. Uh, that's important. And as you said, you, you, know, you, you live this, uh, literally live this. Uh, when you look at those efforts and where we are today and the things you're talking about, who's left out and who's not, what would you like to see done next? Well, I like the idea of caregivers having a menu of options. Uh, You know, there's no such thing as one size fits all. And different caregivers need different things. And as your journey changes, uh, maybe with the veteran's uh, diagnosis or conditions or in your own life, uh, there needs to be a little bit more flexibility in understanding what that is. At the Red Cross, with our military and veteran caregiver network, we've really decided to focus on that keyword network, making sure caregivers are connected to each other for that critical peer support. And we are using evidence-based best practice peer support at the Red Cross to ensure that these uh, mentorships, these peer support groups are all delivered in, in the highest quality we possibly can. We see caregivers who um, maybe need financial assistance and, and have had to leave their jobs or maybe they're trying to find employment that works uh, you know, with their caregiving experience. So we have 
many groups in like subgroups within our network where caregivers can learn about financial resources, benefits and compensation. They can learn about medical, uh, you know, mental and physical health options, and also other, you know, sensitive subjects like substance use disorder or sexual health and intimacy, places where caregivers don't necessarily have a place to talk about that. They have a place with the American Red Cross Military and Veteran Caregiver Network to connect with each other. That network also extends to other organizations. So while the VA is doing amazing work and, and you know, trying hard to get everyone included, there are many organizations that partner with the VA and partner with us at the Red Cross to make sure that we're delivering that menu of service. Some caregivers would like to go on retreats. Other caregivers are looking for, um, you know, home care items or uh, help with scholarships to school. Creating a network where caregivers can connect with each other, as well as a network of supporters, including the VA and our great partners, has really been impactful for these caregivers. And I think that's really why we, you know, just continue to grow. We, it, the pandemic really accelerated people coming to us. And I'm, you know, just so grateful we built this with the idea we could support all 5.5 million military and veteran caregivers in the United States. Yeah, no, it's important. And, you know, it's also personal to me. I can tell you that literally when this show ends today, I'm going to sit down with one of the top experts in adult care, adult daycare and adult care in this country uh, and talk about this very issue. So, you know, I take this to that point that private in private organizations partnerships with the va with the red cross are important because 5.5 million is a big number the va can't do it all the red cross can't do it all but if you know organizations want to help they've got to make sure that they're not only just able but capable and careful at the same time to do the job in whatever aspect or uh in in a way they want to help in their particular expertise or otherwise Yes, you're absolutely right. And veterans themselves want to receive care in different ways. And, and uh, you know, we have rural, you know, rural caregivers and veterans, and we have those uh, who want to age in place, you know, uh, getting their care at home, making sure that we are not looking at it as a one-size-fits-all solution, but really a collaborative effort where organizations, the VA, and, you know, even corporations are stepping up to support caregivers in, in every way that they possibly can. Well, there is a lot more to be done on this. Uh, You know, when we first started talking about this in earnest last year and the approach to building out and helping caregivers and partnerships, uh, whether it's through the Office of Strategic Partnerships at VA that I'm working with and other groups that are out there working uh, to do their part, uh, I'm glad to see this effort move forward. I'm glad that the Red Cross has really stepped into this even more heartily. Uh, I'll, I'll say it right here on air because I have no uh, no prohibitions about saying what's on my mind, as you can guess, Melissa. But uh, I, I want you and I to have a, a very uh, good conversation. The person I'm meeting with uh, and who's on my team was on one of those caregiver calls with the VA recently. So you and I have more to talk about and more work to do together. Yes, sir. I hear you mention the Office of Strategic Partnerships. We at the Red Cross love working with them because it is um, a good strategy to think about partnering to provide the different services and supports that our community so desperately needs. Well, Melissa, I thank you for the work you're doing. 
And for your husband, Semper Fi, and you and I will be talking off air very soon. Thank you. Thank you, David. And I just want to remind you that March is Red Cross Month, and we are so grateful that we were able to talk with you today. Appreciate you so much, sir. Thank you. Again, Melissa Camo, uh, Director for Military and Veterans Caregiver Network at the Red Cross. 866-95-PATRIOT, 957-2874. Quick break. I'll be right back. You can join me live on The David Webb Show, Monday to Friday, 9 to noon east, on Sirius XM Patriot 125.